Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is a Pick'em Pod right here on the Blackout. As always, we are coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. Alan, welcome back for another fun episode as we have one of the craziest weeks in the Pick'em Contest that we can. How are you? I'm doing great. We're moving into fat boy season where it's okay to eat unbelievable amounts of food so it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good few weeks man hey man we've only got a few more weeks for thanksgiving to come up of course we've got the holidays after that with christmas and the new year so i'm with you lots of food coming down the line let's freaking go it's fat boy season <laughs> let's go into the news and notes because this is what we do on a pick and pod we try to give you all the information that you need to be able to pick these games right in the pick em contest alan let's start off with purdue at wisconsin because originally when the games were released this week on tuesday That game was canceled off our board once again because of the COVID outbreak at Wisconsin. Again, we've seen it uh, throughout that program. A lot of different people had Coach Paul Christ, the quarterbacks, Graham Mertz, and Chase Wolf. Uh, So the Badgers aren't going to be on the field for some time. Uh, A lot of breaks for them, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. But, Alan, that would have been a fun one to see where everybody would have played that on the board. Oh, man. Yeah, because Purdue is 2-0, playing well. Um, you got it. You would have a, a Wisconsin team that's coming off of a week where they're not playing, and ah, it's just a freaking shame, man. It just really, really sucks that uh, that this game's taken away from us. Yeah, hopefully the Badgers will get back to the field soon. They even need it because of the requirements for minimum number of games played inside the Big Ten to be able to play for the Big Ten championship. Uh, if they don't, if they cancel another game, uh, they would not be able to play in the Big Ten championship unless a bunch of other games start getting canceled from other teams. So basically, what the rules are in the Big Ten is uh, you can't fall below six regular season games and play for that unless the minimum number uh, falls below eight. I think is I think is the rule or something like that. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Wisconsin for the rest of their schedule. Alan, another big deal that we have to look at, and this one really impacts 
the Pick'em Contest this week, the Florida Gators versus the Georgia Bulldogs in Jacksonville. It's a neutral site matchup. We have, with Florida, defensive lineman Zachary Carter suspended for the first half. That's because of his role in the fight with Missouri over this past weekend. Uh, That is a sizable loss. He's a contributor that, you know, he's a good player. um, But uh, how, how big of an impact do you think that is for the Gators in the first half? Well, I don't know that they can afford to to lose contributors on a defense that's not been outstanding really the whole year. And, you know, quite frankly, <laughs> Dan Mullen is a goon. I mean, geez Louise, like he was agging that fight on so much and then comes and dressed like a and Darth Vader <laughs> after the game. Oh my gosh. Like just give me a break. Man, when he came back out of the tunnel and was waving his arms, getting the crowd up on their feet, you know, cheering after the fight had broken out and after the refs addressed everything and got everybody off the field, that's kind of the same thing. You know, he's saying, hey, get in this with us. We're enjoying it. This is fun. This is how we want you guys to be involved in this contest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, geez, Louise. And only to be fined like $25,000. I mean, what what a joke. That is, I mean, he should have actually been fined more because of with all the stuff without the mask than than the, his actions with the fight. It it drives me crazy the SEC's inconsistencies there. But whatever they they won, and um, I, I think they're going to be overmatched against Georgia. Alan, one of the interesting things that I found with Zachary Carter is that he is tied for the team lead with one and a half sacks. How in the world one and a half sacks is tied for the team lead? I don't know. Uh, But any of these guys that can get after the quarterback, uh, that is not a helpful loss for the Gators heading into this matchup. Oh, no. They're going to need all the help that they can get against this really big Georgia uh, offensive line, right? Like They've got a good offensive line. They're comfortable in it. They're growing um, together as a unit. And... um, Yeah, I think that's a pretty big loss. Alan, let's flip it over and look at the Georgia Bulldogs side because they have losses to address as well. Theirs are a little bit more serious than even Florida has. Nose tackle, starting nose tackle for the Georgia Bulldogs. Jordan Davis is going to be out. He hurt his elbow against Kentucky this past weekend. He's going to be out for multiple weeks. Beyond that, starting safety, Richard LeCount was in a motorcycle accident after the Kentucky game. He is okay, but he's also going to miss multiple weeks. And then a rotational player, defensive lineman Julian Rochester, tore his ACL against Kentucky. So those are several uh, big-time pieces to look at on the Georgia defensive side. We've talked about it. One of the best, if not the best defense in the country. Uh, But those are some significant losses for the Bulldogs headed into this matchup, Alan. Especially Richard LeCount, in my opinion, because Florida loves to work the middle of the field. Right. So with Kyle Pitts and um, and and so like with Kyle Trask throwing the ball, he loves to throw the ball across the middle of the field. And so you need you need your safety. And so, I mean, that really sucks for them. Um, but, you know, uh, another five star in there. Right. Like that's what <laughs> does. that is certainly what Kirby Smart has recruited. Like you said, Richard LeCount is a big loss. I think Jordan Davis is probably a huge loss as well. Like I said, that nose tackle, uh, just eating up space in the middle uh, for those pass rushers on the outside to be able to get to Kyle Trask. Uh, that's going to take 
that's going to take a toll just because uh, that's one big, big body that can eat up a lot of space and, you know, occupy a couple of blockers at a time. I think that may be significant headed into this matchup. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he was, he was, a do, he's dominant up front. You're not moving him. Right. So um, that, that would certainly have controlled the line of scrimmage with Florida's run game. Um, but uh, we'll see if Georgia gets creative on some of that type of stuff that they still didn't give up a ton of run yards, even after he left that game against Kentucky. Alan, let's go ahead and jump into our game of the week, but we also have news and notes with this one. We've got number one Clemson on the road at number four Notre Dame in a top five matchup in the ACC. And anybody who's been following college football already knows about most of this stuff. Uh, but DJ Uwe Ungalale is going to start again for the Clemson Tigers. That is because Trevor Lawrence has been dealing with the ramifications of COVID-19. He's still working through the protocols. It's going to be a weird situation because no, news even came out this week that Trevor Lawrence is actually going to be with the team. He's going to be on the sideline because he's passed through the initial phases. I guess he's maybe gotten his negative test back, but he still has to pass through all the uh, all the protocols with the heart checks and that type of thing to make sure that he is good long-term. That's why he's not going to play in the game. So that means that the true freshman, DJ Uwe Ungalale, is going to get the start. And on the defensive side of the ball, we're still waiting on news about Clemson's defensive tackle, Tyler Davis, to see if he's going to be back. He's been missing a lot of time this season, and uh, that'll be a piece that's important for the Tigers. So what are your thoughts headed into this one with the news for Clemson with the quarterback and also looking at some of the stuff they've had going on on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, they've got to they've got to get some pieces back, right? They weren't sharp this past week, um, and and I'm going to call him DJU because yes. if I if I tried to to pronounce his last name, I think it would be considered cultural appropriation. As <laughs> and uh, but I mean, overall, he was impressive, right? You can see all the physical tools there. Um, it stinks that, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be out because this is this is the time you want to see the best players in the country play against one another. But you can see all the physical tools there. And so it's going to be really interesting to see and watch that matchup. Like you mentioned with DJU, he came in against Boston College. And hey, that was a wild game. Clemson found themselves down 18 points in the first half. But some kind of fluky stuff happened. There was a fumble down on the goal line that was returned for a touchdown. That was a 14-point swing in this game. So Clemson comes away with the win. Obviously, it was closer than any of them wanted it to be. It was closer than most people ever expected it to be. But DJU came in, he completed nearly 75% of his passes for nearly 350 yards. Uh, for the most part, he played a really clean game. He missed a couple, but for the most part, uh, his five-star talent was was obvious on the field. Oh, yeah. And listen, Boston College is a good team. I think they've shown that they're a good team. But at the same time, I, I don't I don't know that Clemson was was fully ready to play. Right. Like they just didn't kind of, they just seemed a little bit off, especially defensively. Um, but as you noted, DJU played really well. He was 30 for 41 with 342 and two touchdowns. Um, they were, they were overall pretty impressive offensively. It, it certainly wasn't the offense's problem 
that they were in as big a hole as they were in. Yeah, when you talk about the problems for Clemson, it really has been on the defensive side of the ball. They gave up a bunch of yards early in the year to Virginia. Uh, They did it again in the first half here, though. For the whole game, they kind of just shut down Boston College in the second half. Uh, But Clemson still has, I think, some questions to answer defensively, and I think that's where it's really going to be interesting looking at this matchup with Notre Dame. Not to say that Notre Dame is one of the better offenses in the country by any means, but they do have a strong offensive line. They've got a strong running back in Kyron Williams. So, Alan, I'm going to be really paying attention to what this Clemson defense looks like against Notre Dame and then vice versa because the Notre Dame defense has some good players on it going up against a true freshman and DJ Uyunglele. I think they're going to be able to throw some stuff at him that, hey, maybe Boston College wasn't able to show him. So I think there can be uh, quite a bit of intrigue with this matchup this weekend. I totally agree with you. I, I think, as you pointed to, the biggest matchup, I think, is Notre Dame's running ability. They're averaging about 230 yards per game versus Clemson's run defense. And are they going to be able to stop the run? And I, I think the game will end up coming down to that. And like we talked about just a moment ago, does Tyler Davis make it on the field this weekend for Clemson? Because having an extra body in the middle of that defensive line, a guy that's more experienced than some of the young guys, that could be a huge deal for Clemson as well. Yeah, absolutely. Any anytime you get a, a a big guy like that back in the middle of your defense, that's a really big deal going on the road against a formidable opponent, at least. Alan, because of how we fared in the picks last week, we mentioned it on the Pick'em Rewind episode. If you haven't listened to that, you can go back and check it out. But I came away with 85 points last week. Alan, you had 74 because I gained on you. I'm going to go ahead and lead us off. So working our way through the picks. And this one, Alan... I'm going to go back to the principle we've already talked about. Uh, This is what we talked about in the Pick and Rewind, but we said, hey, some of these premier teams in the country, sometimes you just have to trust them. Trust them in the process of trying to pick up all the points in the contest. So, yeah, there's questions in this one. I feel more in doubt about this matchup than I would have at the start of the season. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence not beating in there is a big part of that, but I'm going to rely on Travis Etienne at running back, plus the veteran receivers that DJU has at his disposal. Amari Rogers, Cornell Powell came up big in that Boston College game. Frank Ladson is a younger guy, but he's uh, proven to be a playmaker at times for Clemson. Braden Galloway at tight end. I'm going to go with Clemson's weapons offensively because when you look at Notre Dame, sure, Kyron Williams is really good. Ian Book is a serviceable quarterback, but he's not a lot more than that. But I have a lot of questions about Notre Dame and their passing game. Sure, they have a couple of tight ends, Michael Mayer, Tommy Trimble, uh, but their wide receivers just haven't been great to this point. So I'm looking at Clemson going, hey, there's more opportunity for some explosive plays offensively. If DJU is able to protect the ball like he did against Boston College, I think that's a a decent play to make. So I'm going to stick with Clemson in this one. I'm thinking I'm going to put him somewhere in the middle of my board, but I'm going to be watching that Tyler Davis news as well uh, just to see if he is playing. I'm going to, you know, maybe keep that solidly in the middle of my board, but if he's out, maybe I drop it a point, a point or two. I'm right there with you, my man. We're going to be locked arms and, and walking down the aisle again together. We'll see how it goes, but I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think Clemson comes ready to play this week. Um, Listen, you you go with uh, you go with what brought you here, and and Clemson's consistent. They they tend to p- perform really well in in big games. I, I like consistency. I like it. Uh, you know, I mean, 
yeah, crystals at at 10 p.m. may be the best thing, right? It, it's the shiny object, but it also can <laughs> it, it can also leave you reeling for days on end <laughs> if you get the wrong side of it. So, and and crystals is is Notre Dame in this scenario. So they're the shiny object, literally, with their freaking golden helmets. Um, but I, you know, I I think Clemson will be able to do enough with DJU and his running ability. He's he's going to be 240, 250. He's going to be able to run off that edge, which I think opens up some holes for um, Travis Etienne. Um, and, and so I think they're going to be able to do enough offensively. And I, quite frankly, I don't think Ian Book is dynamic enough to be able to defeat this Clemson defense uh, frequently. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like we've talked about with Ian Book, uh, he's a good player. He's a good player. I'm I'm not trying to throw any disrespect at him, uh, but I'm with you, especially when you have questions on the outside with the wide receivers. Clemson has some talent in the defensive backfield. So, I mean, I think they're going to be able to throw some extra bodies into the box, try and slow down that running game. And then I think that makes it all the more difficult on Ian Book. Yeah, totally agree. Alan, let's go ahead and move into the value picks. And man, I don't know how you felt about looking at this week slate. And I'm thankful that I have a couple more days because as confident as and as good as I felt going into last weekend, man, I feel like this weekend can be just a complete mess. And so I'm looking at the leaderboard going, thank goodness I'm in third place overall because, hey, if I take a tumble, at least I'm ahead of a whole lot of people right now. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully, there's not too much crash and burn between you and me this weekend. But my goodness, these value plays, I'm just trying to feel it out and go, I'm going to throw something out there, uh, but I, I don't have a special kind of confidence in some of these matchups. So I'm going to be working my way through this and try and throw something out there of value uh, but Alan, I'm kind of feeling unsure. So, uh, I, how do you feel going into these matchups? <laughs> this is daunting, man. Oh my goodness, this week is absolutely daunting. And so, you know, we're going to throw these value picks out there, and I think we'll probably stick to them. But uh, you know, the Holy Spirit may move, and I may change my mind. <laughs> you know, we'll see. It, it's going to be it's going to be pretty wild. There's so many close spreads that you're going to be forced uh, you're going to be forced to put games you're not anywhere close to being comfortable with up and essentially at the double digits. Yeah, I, I was telling Kristen some of what I was looking at with the board last week when we looked at our picks. We had five games with favorites of 14 and a half points or more. And that was going all the way up to Alabama as a 31 point favorite. Well, this week, all 14 games are below 14 and a half points. You know, the biggest one we have is 14 points. So man, I think any one of these games could get ugly and it's just a matter of, can you figure out a way to get your top four or five, right? Uh, Because the people who do that are really going to be putting themselves in a position to score well this week. Even if you miss a number of games down lower on the board. Agreed. Because everybody's more than likely going to miss at least three or four picks this week. Yeah, if you figure out a way to only miss three or four, I think you've had an awesome week, as long as you're not missing you know, two of your double-digit picks or something like that. But anybody who's able to get uh, through this thing with 10 or 11 correct picks out of 14 games, man, I, I think that's an indicator that they're probably not going to miss a lot of those high games anyway. Agreed. <laughs> Alan, my first one, I'm looking at Air Force at Army. 
looking at the service academies, my brother. Let's look at this one because Air Force comes into this game. They haven't played many games. They're one and two. Army, on the other hand, is six and one. Uh, Alan, I want you to stop me when I'm working through Army's schedule here. According to their six wins, I want you to stop me when I reach a team that was any good that they've played. Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Monroe, Abilene Christian, the Citadel, UTSA, Mercer. How about that slate? Oh my gosh, that Mercer just makes me want to. Oh, that's what a what a brutal schedule that one. <laughs> so to their credit, they are six and one. Their one losses to Cincinnati, and that was actually a pretty close game. Uh, so Army's had a nice year. Uh, but then you flip it to the other side. Like I said, our Air Force is one and two. They were an underdog in their first game against Navy. They just dominated them. Uh, but then they lost to San Jose State in a game that was, uh, you know, a little confusing but fairly competitive. And then a game against Boise State where, hey, one of the top group of five teams out there, uh, Air Force lost, but they put up 484 yards of offense in that game. Allen, they've had some weird things going on at quarterback. Hazik Daniels has been there. He's done a pretty good job running the triple option, but they missed Donald Hammond. I've seen some rumors that he maybe is going to transfer out of the program. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but Daniels has done a pretty good job leading this offense, at least from my standpoint and what I've seen from the outside looking in. So I'm looking at this one going, hey, Army is 6-1. and one. Uh, They have more games on their slate so far. They've been able to you know, get out any kinks in their system a little bit more maybe than Air Force has. Uh, But I think Air Force has played a lot higher competition at this point. Uh, I'm leaning a little bit on the pick I made earlier this year for them to beat Navy. That paid off for me in the pick'em competition. This one has Army as a a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and I am saying slide Army down your board. In fact, I'm going to be siding with Air Force. I like them in the upset. I think that they uh, have been certainly better offensively. Army, despite their lackluster schedule, uh, they don't have the best offensive numbers out there. They have been solid defensively, but again, the 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 competition is questionable. I, I think Air Force is pretty decent defensively too. They gave up a bunch of yards to Boise State, but that's because Boise State's throwing the ball all around. Uh, Army is not going to do that. So, Alan, I'm taking Air Force in this one. I think it's going to be pretty low on my board, uh, but I like the Falcons in this matchup. Wow. Okay. I got to be honest, I didn't study that matchup at all, so I can't really add much of anything to that. But I, 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 I like the kind of the just the the, braz, the brazenness of that of that pick. That's good, man. I'm telling you, dude, I am reaching this week because I, I feel decent about it. But at the same time, I don't feel great. Uh, so there, there is a lot on this board <laughs> to, to, to uh, feel a little bit uncertain about at the very, very least. And uh, if you can find anything that pays off, power to you, because it is going to mean an awful lot to you in the standings this week if you can figure it out. Oh, yeah, totally agree with you there. And, um, you know, that's got just as, as the, the one thing I, I like. I like home teams in these types of scenarios. And um, Army is the home team. Sure. And, uh, so, but like you said, Air Force just absolutely demolished and destroyed Navy earlier this year. Um, and so, 
That, that works for me, man. Yeah, and the other thing I would say with the six wins that Army has to this point, like I said, not great competition. And outside of the beginning of the year, Middle Tennessee and I think Louisiana Monroe, a lot of those games have been kind of close. You know, they've been winning them by a couple of scores or something like that. Uh, but Army just hasn't been dominating teams. You know, defensively, they've done a good job, uh, but their offense just hasn't been anything special to this point. So I, I like Air Force to be able to come away with this one. That makes sense. They've got a pretty explosive offense themselves. And that I think you got to have some offense to win this game. Alan, where are you going for your first value pick? All right. So I don't feel good about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> the theme of the night, man. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm going to confess this in front of God and everybody. I'm going to move Texas up. Woo! So, yeah, I've, all of a sudden I begin to, 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 Texas is back, baby. Let's freaking go. Hook them. <laughs> no, they should be, a, they're a six and a half point favorite, which means they should be a six or seven on your board. I'm probably going to move them up closer to a nine. Um, this is a matchup between the Big 12's number one scoring offense, Texas, and the league's number one defense, West Virginia. West Virginia played incredible last week but i think sam ellinger finds a way at home now i think it's pretty close but i i do think that they will win rather than if if they had a a quarterback that was um that you couldn't trust or wasn't a playmaker couldn't do stuff with his feet then i would say you know you gotta you gotta move this down but because sam ellinger is a senior i don't think he's gonna be you know, too stuck on himself after last week's victory. Uh, I think maybe Texas's defense started figuring a few things out last week. West Virginia's offense is really nothing to write home about. And um, yeah, I, so I'm going to bump them up aboard and and hope to hope to God that I'm right. Hey man, if you're leaning on Ellinger, there's not uh, there's not a better reason to lean on Texas than that. Uh, but we'll see, man. I don't know. I feel a little bit more sketchy about this one than you do. Uh, I'm simply looking at it going, uh, this Texas team, their defense hasn't been great. Uh, while West Virginia's offense is not anything dominant, they've performed pretty well this year. And defensively, West Virginia's got some chops to them. And uh, we saw that last week, Texas was held to under 300 yards against Oklahoma State, who, you know, you said statistically West Virginia has the top defense in the in the conference, but I think that Oklahoma State's is comparable with theirs. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how this Texas offense handles uh, another good Big 12 defense in in a second consecutive week. Exactly. And if if they hadn't have shown some amount of progress on the road in a, as tough of an environment as you're going to get in 2020, then um, uh, that means something to me. Senior quarterback means something. I, I think both Texas and Oklahoma have figured something out and are going to kind of get on a, a little bit of a roll here. I don't know that it's going to matter, but I, I think they uh, they start figuring some things out. Alan, I may have missed it. Did I t- say where uh, Army would fit in my value pick uh, according to the spread uh, as a val- as a pick on the board? Oh, you just said you would slide it down from because it would be a, normally a four or five for yes, a pick. Yes, you're on it. So, yeah, Alan's alluding to it. With Army as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, they would be either a four or a five on your board at this point recording here on Wednesday night. So thanks for clearing that up for me. And uh, I'll go ahead and move into my second value pick. Alan, in this one, I'm going back to the Big Ten. I've been playing 
the Big Ten pretty hard here in the early goings. I'm flipping to the other side of a matchup that I went against earlier. We've got Michigan at Indiana. Actually, I'm going the opposite on both sides from what I've played earlier. Um, what we have seen out of Indiana is they are 2-0. and They've got the wins over Penn State and Rutgers. Michigan, of course, is coming off a loss against Michigan State, uh, but they have that big win against uh, Minnesota earlier in the season. Uh, some things I'm taking away from this one, Indiana, while I was kind of boosting their offense up earlier in the year, uh, I talked about guys like Michael Penix, a quarterback, Watt Fillior at, at wide receiver, uh, some of the other wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs they have. They've, they've returned a lot of talent. But Allen, through two games, Indiana is averaging just 279 yards of offense a game. On top of that, they're only averaging 75 rushing yards per game. So they have really, really struggled on the offensive end. I know part of that was playing Penn State and one of the better defenses in the Big Ten, uh, but they had a chance to get things right against Rutgers, and they really didn't have that much success against Rutgers either. So I'm looking at Michigan and what they have defensively with Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay on the defensive line, Cam McGrone. I think they can give Indiana some of the similar problems they've already had. And then on the other end, I'm going to go, hey, Joe Milton has played pretty good. Hassan Haskins and Zach Charbonnet in the running game. Uh, Indiana's giving up some running yards so far this year, so I think Michigan can have some success there. We're finding Michigan at this point on Wednesday night as a three-point favorite on the road at Indiana. That would slot them at either a two or a three on your board according to the spread. And I'm saying, Allen, I'm sliding them up into my mid-tier. I think you can put them up uh, I'm thinking as high as maybe a seven or an eight on the board. So I think you can find four or five points of value if you're looking at Michigan. And again, this is one that I don't feel ultra confident in, but I think Michigan has enough talent and enough good play on the defensive line and in their linebacking core uh, that I think they can kind of limit this Indiana offense again. Sure, Indiana's experienced, uh, but they are more kind of a dink and dunk offense with some experienced guys, more so than a you know hit you over the top type deal. So I'm going to trust what I've seen out of Michigan, even coming off the loss against Michigan State, giving Michigan higher on the board, up in the middle of the pack uh, for the confidence picks this week. I like that pick, and Michael Penix is, in in many ways, he's he's a he's a good player. I think that. Um, that he is limited though. Right. And, and I, I think Michigan's defense is much better than that. They much better than they showed last week against Michigan state. And I don't know that they're going to have the capabilities, um, the, meaning Indiana to, um, to push, uh, Michigan down the field so much like Ricky white did as a true freshman. So maybe I'll end up being wrong in the old WAP. Uh, failure it will will be enough, but I, I I tend to kind of feel your vibe there. Coming off a big loss, maybe they get it back together a little bit. Um, for my value number for my value number two pick, um, I, I go to the Pac-12 to something that that we've not seen before. Yes, uh, we've not seen before. I'm I want nothing to do with the Pac-12. And picking this year because it's going to be impossible to pick these games. There's no way I want to deal with the USC Arizona State game. <laughs> so that game is a USC is a ten and a half point favorite at home. 
I'm moving that USC game down into the bottom of the mid-tier. So I think Jaden Daniels for Arizona State, very good. You've got Slovis that returns as USC starter, and Graham Harrell will bring his offense where they're just tossing that tater around the yard. You know what? Arizona State tends to play pretty tough defense, and last year they gave USC a pretty good run for their money. And I think that both both teams are probably expected to show some progress. Arizona State's going to miss Brandon Ayuk, but I, I do think that they've got a, another receiver that's coming up that, that's going to be pretty good. Um, I, I don't know necessarily that Arizona State wins this game, but I, I don't feel great about USC being an 11 on my board, right? <laughs> we talk about consistency. There is nothing about Clay Helton that is consistent except for his bald head, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's one of those things that I'm moving that game down to, to maybe a five or a six. And so I, I think you can find some value there because I, I do think that there is a legitimate chance that Arizona State upsets them. Dude, I'm going to tell you, I feel very, 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 very conflicted on this game. Uh, when I first looked at it on my board, what what I like doing is I like – going ahead and selecting everything by a gut feel and sliding it everywhere I want to. And then I go back and I do a little bit more research and then I make some adjustments. And when I initially put this one on my board, I said the exact same thing. I'm sliding Southern Cal down. I'm putting it in the middle of my board. Uh, but then I started doing a little bit more research and Southern Cal brings back a bunch on offense and on defense. Uh, Arizona State brings back a good bit too. Like you said, at quarterback, they've got some cool things going on with Jaden Daniels uh, because he really showed a bunch of, of promise as a freshman last year. I think he's going to be better, but I just have some questions about what this offense is going to look like. You mentioned it with missing Brandon Ayuk. Of course, there's Eno Benjamin, the running back as well, who's gone from last year's team. Those were a couple of really, really dynamic playmakers, guys who went on to the NFL from Arizona State. So I have a little bit of question about, hey, I know Jaden Daniels is really good, but I'm a little bit more questioning about what Arizona State's offense is going to provide in this game. So uh, after my second look, I've slid Southern Cal a little bit higher, closer to what that point value would say. Uh, but man, my my gut feeling was right there with you. Yeah, absolutely. And because you look right at it, and like you said, your kind of gut reaction is like, "Ooh, this doesn't feel. This just doesn't feel right." You can't trust USC. Herm Edwards has tended to, to to play pretty well in these types of, of games and his teams tend to be tough. And um, in the first, in the first game of the year, that's, that's pretty important. I don't think that they're going to be able to, um, I don't know that USC is going to be able to just throw that thing around consistently uh, against a, a Herm Edwards team that, that plays pretty tough. And you go back to the matchup between these two games, uh, these two teams last year, and that game was really, really close. Southern Cal came away with the win. I think it was a five-point margin. Uh, yep. But, you know, Arizona State, for for all the questions that have surrounded that program ever since Herm Edwards came in to be the head coach, uh, they've really done a solid job, and they've really been competitive, and they've given some teams some problems. So I'm there with you. I mean, I think that – uh, this one could be really, really close. It's just on my second glance at it, I had enough questions about Arizona State's offense that I decided to put 
Southern Cal a little bit higher on my board, but who knows, by the end of this week, I might have slid Southern Cal back down. Exactly, and nobody's going to be in the stadium, right? So that's going to be one of those things where we'll see how that affects. Um, You'd normally at least see three-fourths of a full house, (laughs) Um, which which would affect uh, the would have, would affect them, but they're going on the road and to nobody, and so we've seen that home field advantage has not been as nearly as big a deal this year. So I, I think it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch how that one turns out. Definitely, it's going to be fascinating to see how all the Pac-12 plays out. There's some really interesting games up on the board this week. There's some other games outside the contest with Washington and Cal playing. Uh, that'll be really interesting to see what happens. So a bunch of fun stuff with the Pac-12 coming back as well. And hey, we nearly have a full slate of teams around the country playing now. I think it's 127 of the 130 Uh, FBS teams that are now going to be in action after this weekend. So a lot of fun stuff. And Alan, the reason we do this is because we are working everybody toward our grand prize. The grand prize going to the winner of our season long contest is going to pick up a free t-shirt from bellyupsports.com, a $50 visa gift card and a $100 gift card to championshipfootballs.com. So Alan, the reason we bring this contest is to bring prizes to the listeners the reason we do the podcast is so we can help the listeners compete against us so you can get our perspective because, hey, you and I, we're both sitting in the top five. We've proven ourselves to this point. But this week, this is one of those weeks, Alan, where a lot of doubt gets thrown into the mix and you just hope you end up on the right end of it. That's exactly right. Good luck to, to you and yours this weekend, my friend. Of course, you can always follow us on social media. You can find Alan on Twitter at AD on the Blackout. You can find me on Twitter at TB on the Blackout. You can find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at the Blackout Pod. And it's always helpful if you follow the show because, hey, we can give you information on the contest there. Uh, But bringing that following and sharing some of the posts that we put out is always really helpful. So do any of that stuff. And of course, rate and review the show, especially on Apple iTunes. As we pick up those five-star ratings, the show grows, and the more people we get involved means we're bringing more prizes to you as this thing gets bigger. So, Alan, a lot of exciting stuff and a crazy, crazy weekend ahead. Yeah, exactly. Let's, Let's do this thing. Alan... As always, thank you so much for your time, sir. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's. Uh, I look forward to this weekend. That will be uh, it for this week. And, of course, you can join us next week for another Pick'em Rewind and another Pick'em Pod right here on The Blackout. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.